you're listening to Birds, Bees, and Teas, a sexuality education and storytelling podcast hosted by yours truly, Miss Nia Angie Africana Sutton. Hey teasers, welcome back to another episode of Birds, Bees, and Teas, where we talk all things sex and sexual health, reproductive rights, social justice, culture, politics, and current events, because the reality is that each and every one of these things impacts our sexuality and the way that we navigate the world as sexual beings. I am your host, Miss Mia Angie Africana Sutton, and today I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share with you all about bodily autonomy and my experience and journey with bodily autonomy as a Black woman in a Black woman's body. Last week, we took a little break in acknowledgement of the unjust shooting of Dante Wright. I shared my reaction to this tragic event on IGTV, so I won't rehash all of my thoughts and feelings there, but if you would like to share your thoughts and feelings with me, definitely feel free to leave a comment on that video. Since learning about Dante's murder, We've had to endure so much more news about other senseless violence, including the shooting of Adam Toledo, who was only 13 years old. These events have made me reflect on how the life and bodies of black and brown people are often undervalued and deemed as worthless by the police, by our justice system, by our healthcare system, and so many other structures that make up our society. Unfortunately, this is not the first time that I've reflected upon the value of Black life and Black bodies. I'm sure that this is a reflection that many of us experience regularly. I think that my deepest reflection of this issue happened when I learned about the killing of Breonna Taylor. Her death really haunts me, probably because we share so many identities. So when I was given the opportunity and platform to speak on her death, this is what I said. If nothing else, I've been reminded that my black body is a temple and that I must cherish her, love her and protect her. My body holds the power of birthing the next generation. My body holds my dreams and ideas that will elevate my people. My body hides treasures that won't be unveiled for years to come. But being a Black woman in America threatens this power, these dreams, this treasure. Being a Black woman means that the autonomy and agency I have over this Black temple is always and will always be challenged. What message is sent to Black people when they are restrained and suffocated in the streets? What are you saying about the worth of the Black body? What message is sent when a Black woman is resting her Black body in her Black home and is shot eight times by the police and nothing is done for months? The complexity of white supremacy uses the execution of my Black brothers and sisters as a vehicle to reinforce the idea that my Black body is not worth life. This is a lie. And the largest part of my self-love journey has been unlearning and unpacking all of these racist, and sexist messages I've heard, seen, experienced, and learned about. The curves of my Black body honor Sarah Bartman. 
My bosom holds the weight of my Black ancestors who were forced to breastfeed their oppressors' babies. Every cell in my body uplifts the memory of Henrietta Lacks. My existence in this temple is an ode to my own Black mother. And my body will not rest until justice is served for Breonna Taylor. I was asked to write this piece by a dear friend of mine, Melquan Gansey. Melquan is the conceptual creator of the Gansey, a fashion and art magazine that highlights and celebrates underrepresented Black communities and our cultural contributions to fashion. Last year in 2020, Melquan curated a spread on Black love and asked that I pen a free write article that focuses on self-love. I'm so grateful that he thought to ask me and also that I was given the opportunity to actually connect all of these thoughts I have about my own Black body and bodily autonomy. Which makes me think about one of my most memorable lessons about bodily autonomy. A story. One day, I was at my best friend Sabrina's house and we decided to walk to the corner store. Very regular, very normal, nothing special. This was the summer between my freshman and sophomore years in college. So it was really hot outside and I just had on like a crop top t-shirt and some leggings. Again, very regular, very normal, nothing special. We get to the store, go in, get our stuff, get in line. And behind me, there is a man who starts to audibly share what he thinks I look like in my leggings. I pay him no mind and acted like I didn't hear him, which is a skill I have perfected since the age of nine. So to me, very regular, very normal, nothing special. But then he grabbed my ass. Like literally a man who I had never seen in my entire life groped my ass in this public corner store like it was nothing, like that was normal. I was shocked. I was shocked out of my own body. Like, did this grown ass man really just violate me like that? In this outer body moment, these are the series of events that I remember happening. I looked back at him. He walked out of the store. He knew he was wrong. He didn't even get whatever he came in there for. I paid for my items while simultaneously communi communicating what had just happened to Sabrina. I have no recollection of what I said to her, but I know I told her that I was upset and what happened. I walked out of the store and I saw him sitting in the passenger seat of this minivan. I walked over to the car door and I saw him out the window, like smiling at me. I guess he thought that I was coming over to tell him that I enjoyed that unconsensual encounter. Maybe I really don't know what he was smiling at. So I opened his car door and I punched that nigga square in his motherfucking shit, period. He was confused, I guess. And he tried to like fight me off and even tried to spit on me. 
as if the unwanted contact in the store wasn't enough insult. The car that he was in, they sped off and Sabrina like snatched me up right in time because I was really close to the car. I don't remember most of the walk back to her house because outer body experience, but I came back when Bree said, bitch, you crazy. And we busted out laughing in the street. That's what I remember. We went in the house and told her mom, Tina, what had happened. Tina looked at me and said, good. There was a guy friend in their apartment at the time when this all happened. And his response was very different. He told me to think about what would have happened if that man had a gun or if he would have hit me back or if he would have hit me with the car or harmed me in a more significant way than what he already did. And I understood that. But then he said, also consider what you have on and how you shape. How you think a nigga like that is going to act when he see that? What he was saying was so familiar to me. So much of what I had heard through all of my teenage years in my own family, at school, in, you know, pop culture. All of those things, those were the same messages that I had been hearing. So I began to agree with him and started to shake my head like, yeah, you're right. But Tina yelled, nah, fuck that. <laughs> and I'm trying to do her accent, y'all, because she went off in her very, very strong Brooklyn, New York accent for like five minutes and read everybody in the room. Me, Sabrina, the dude, she even called the baby sister in there to, you know, let her in on the conversation as well. I won't try to recap everything that she said, but here are the gems that really stuck with me. It doesn't matter what you have on or what your body looks like. Nobody ever has the right to violate you like that. If you agree with that, then you saying that other people have control of your body. You gonna always look like that. And y'all getting older, so that mean more ass and more titties and stuff. So niggas, supposed to just be able to touch on you and then again she said fuck that y'all <laughs> this was nine years ago and this story is still sticking to me like it happened yesterday I had never heard that I had never heard a woman speak about the agency of her own body in that way I always heard about how my body would affect men or the way that I dress my body would affect the way that men viewed me and looked at me. I never heard anyone say, fuck what other people think about your body. Fuck with me what men think they can do to your body. I had never just conceptualized it in that way of all the messages that I did hear. It was so freeing something that lived with me subconsciously for 10 years, because I told y'all I had been working on the catcalling thing and the sexual harassment since I was nine. And so I embody a lot of that. And 
in that one conversation with Tina that was casted away. And since then, I've realized how vastly different my views are about bodily autonomy, sex and sexuality than my own mother and the women who raised me in the community that I came from. And that is a whole nother topic and a whole nother conversation, a whole nother podcast episode about how we really have to learn consciously to separate our sexuality as individuals from that of our parents, that of our families, um, that of our religion, all of that, because who you are as an individual is so different from that, especially when you clarify and determine what your values are for yourself. So important. I'm grateful that Miss Tina is a part of my village and I don't know how or when else I would have learned that. She taught me a lot of other things too, but my second favorite lesson um, with the bodily autonomy one being the first, my second favorite lesson was that these niggas always come back. Okay, I don't know. I can't even remember the setting that we were in, but she let us know, girl, they always come back. So I learned not to stress over men at a very young age. Okay, (laughs) just with that little piece of advice right there. So I am just so grateful. I continue to undergo the learning experience about my body, its value, and bodily autonomy as I age. It's really an ongoing process a series of experiences that help shape us into our best and most free selves. I want to lead a life that is free from harm, free from violation, free from oppression. And living in this society is making that real, real hard right now. But that's why it's up to us to do this work. It's up to us to paint the picture of the future that really gives us the freedom that we deserve to live in. I hope that this story and that this podcast can help lead us there. Until next time. All right, teasers, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope that you take something with you and continue this conversation in real life. If you're not doing so already, make sure that you subscribe, like, and favorite this podcast, which makes you an official teaser. Also, make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Birds Bees Tease. If you'd like to donate to the podcast by way of Cash App, our cash tag is dollar sign birds, bees, teased. We're so grateful for your continued support of the podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode.